Okay. Um, hello and welcome to MKG podcast, the artist formerly known as Transatlantic. There may be drills in the background of this one because there might be work being done. And so that's a new treat for you. If you hear workmen in the background, then you're getting a little special audio treat. And that means you win the prize. And the prize is um, here in the intro to this podcast. Um, I'm Kat, uh, Dr. Catherine. Um, I'm a paleontologist and also just this person that does, I guess, like podcasts on YouTube now. Um, and I'm a trans woman and I just came back from surgery and a holiday and we're going to talk a bit about surgery recovery today. And this is my co-host. Why don't you Hello. introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Luxander. Uh, I have a YouTube and uh, love doing this podcast with my dear friend. Uh, I am non-binary and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about surgery recovery and uh, perhaps some of the situation going on over there in the uh, United Kingdom, uh, what with your monarch being dead and all. God, God save the king. I mean... True. <laughs> you hear that in your mouth, like you hear the word king in your mouth and it just makes you think, I would like to behead this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like with Queen, I feel like... It's just like, I feel like with, with Queen, it sort of sounds like this. It's like, yes, Queen. Yeah, I love you, Queen. You know, there's a bit, of, a bit of endearment to it. But I'm like when it's like King, it's like, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck the King. It sounds really satisfying. True. True, absolutely. And I did see some graffiti on the way back from my walk today, which does say, not my pedo King, which, uh, yes, uh, not, not great sentiment in this country recently, uh, especially with, like, the bills rising and the pound dropping to, what, like, $1.04, which I remember when it was $2 the pound. And, uh, yeah, now I'm regretting putting my Patreon in pounds, so... <laughs> <laughs> Rip. Rest in peace. <laughs> Time to change it to euros before anyone notices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so... I'll just kick this off with, uh, I just came back from facial feminization surgery, and by just, I mean, like, three weeks ago. Um, so the doctor says, take at least two weeks off, and I did that. And then I tried to come back to work. I went to a little, little conference, and I was completely exhausted. Um, so now I'm just trying to pretend I'm okay. Um, but mostly for this one, I think... And this is something that I'll come back to. I think recovery for every single surgery is going to feel super different. And the only consistency is sort of like the post-anesthesia brain fog. And I feel like after anesthesia, you get like the, the couple of weeks of like really weird brain fog after surgery. And then that sort of like periods of depression from it. It really fucks your mind up. And I always forget that until I'm on it. But with this one, I got my, um, so I got like a lip lift and um, brow contouring and a hairline lowering. So basically the only scars that are left are this one on my hairline and this one under my nose. And um, as the feeling's coming back, they're hurting a little bit. But it's only sort of like an itchy sort of pain, so it's not like that bad. Um, yeah, but it's I've like nervy quite... growth. Yeah, yeah. I've been quite lucky with this one, I think, because apparently people can get quite infected by it. But, like, I'm quite a clean person, so I've been okay. Um, it's a little bit red, a little bit sore. I'll do a little video about it, because I have like a little video about my about my face transition surgery coming up. Because now I do YouTube videos, because I didn't have enough things going on in my life. I had to give myself another hobby. Um, so yes. that'll be on Bridget and by YouTube channel. But um, I, 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 like this one, the f I came out of the, I woke up in the hospital, and every other surgery I've had, I've woke up in the hospital and I felt incredible. Like, you have so much opium in you, you feel mm -hmm. like you're walking on air, you're like, oh my god, I feel like Superman. This is amazing. And the, this one, I woke up and I felt like absolute shit. Like, oh, no. utter, 
utter shit. And um, I could tell immediately what it was because um, when I have local anesthesia, I always feel nauseous. And so they'd put a bunch of local stuff in the face just to keep the pain down. And there's like a bunch of weird swelling stuff. There was like these weird blood earrings coming off my head where they were draining the blood from my head, which is really disturbing. Um, so they looked like giant red bloody earrings. And I just felt very sick for a while. Um, and then I left with basically like a giant bandage around my head. I looked like a turnip or like a mm-hmm. very um, moldy pineapple. And uh, we were told to put the key to leave that on for a few days. And we basically had this like icy mask we were supposed to put on my face. And that was less than a while. It felt like sort of like I was burning. And after that, after the mainly recovery, it was the main problem was massive, massive migraines. And mm. I think that's because like it's doing what going on in your head, so everything's a bit more acute. So like the main like driving horrible pain was over fairly quickly, even though it was quite bad. And then it was like a lot of migraines. So I'm still getting quite bad headaches now, but it's going further down. But I was waking up every day with, like, a horrific migraine, like, horrible, horrible tension headaches. I can't remember, I can't remember the difference between the two, but it was, it was, it was horrific. And, like, they don't, like, I was eating, like, a lot at the end, because I, because if I didn't have, like, I don't know, like, 3,000 calories a day, like, I had, the headaches came back. So I've been eating a lot of sugar and ice cream. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I guess your body just, like, had so much healing to do that it needed a lot of extra calories. Like, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense to me if it wasn't for the fact that usually, like, I gain weight, I, I'm t- I eat too much. So I'm trying to be good. <laughs> and it's really punishing me for it. So it's, like, counterintuitive for me. But, yeah, I've been burning a lot. And the only thing left is, like, my, my scars are still visible. I've got, like, these two lumps on my head, which is, like, from, like, the way my lymph nodes are swollen. And they've been slowly going down. But they were, like, horns for the first few weeks. And I'm still, <laughs> I'm still getting a lot of headaches. My brain is mush. I'm very, I'm very, um, much more like to get exhausted than I was before. But I was getting a little bit of that anyway. I don't know how much that was like long COVID and stuff before, or just like being burnout, being exhausted. Like academia is fucking hard, and it doesn't reward you. Um, but yeah, so anyone think about getting a facial feminization surgery? No, you will need at least two weeks off. My God, um, the headaches. If you're prone to headaches, like I am. They're going to be really bad, but I think it's worth it, and I feel much better looking in the mirror because of it. And I didn't even get that much frantic work done, to be fair. Like, uh, my bone stuff is, like, fairly... was fairly non-drastic. Um, but I, I feel amazing, I feel amazing like, when I'm looking. I don't feel amazing physically, but um, I do, <laughs> I'm of the belief that facial organization is one of those ones that should be free and covered on the NHS, and it, I think it used to be at some point. Um, at this moment, it just basically broke the bank for me. Like, I took out a loan, which I figured I could pay um, with my current rate, and then the pound dropped and all our energy bills rose by multiple thousands of pounds. And then I, I got this private insurance thing called Booper, which said they were going to help pay for, gonna pay for my hospital fees, and then they turned around and said they wouldn't pay for my hospital fees. So I am in a bit of financial difficulties. So if you're feeling generous, <laughs> patreon.com slash B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E-E-M-P-I-R-E. Um, I'll, I won't mention that again until the end because I know that begging's annoying. But yeah, it's expensive. These things are really expensive. And I think that's going to be one of the long-term things, even more than the actual recovery, the financial recovery is going to be a big problem. And I think that's more of a problem for um, people in America as well because you have to pay for what most things unless you've got very good health insurance um maybe you can speak more to that because i don't know how the health health insurance works over there 
Yeah, I'm, so it's really confusing, and uh, once you start to understand even the slightest amount of it, it's a like blood boiling rage situation because the th- like the way that insurance works over here is like you pay a certain monthly amount, right? But you also usually have a deductible, which means like there is a certain amount that you have to pay out of pocket for medical procedures before the insurance will start to pay for it. So like I'm paying you $200 a month or whatever. I haven't had health insurance in fucking years because of this. Like, let's say I'm paying you $200 a month for health insurance, but you have like, they still want me to pay an $11,000 deductible. So like, that's, you know, going to be like 14, uh, like, like it's just a crazy amount of money. Like it's going to be over $11,000 for me in, in the annual plus the insurance, which is not doing anything for a while, you know? So they really pay an extra $11,000 like a year just to keep it going. I mean, that's like if you get medical care. Like, you, like I could have health insurance and only pay $200 a month for 12 months every year and like never ever get any health care. Um, uh, but like, yeah, if I needed a procedure done, I would have to pay $11,000 before they would start to cover any of it at all. And like, that's it's different for every like insurance case. Like, I'm, I can't make a blanket statement for like, you know, but those are like the less expensive insurance. Like, the, you know, I can't really afford $200 a month for insurance or for medical bills or healthcare or anything. Um, and, and it's, I especially can't afford it if it's not going to fucking help at all. So I just haven't had health insurance in years. And there's also like, as far as receiving like trans healthcare with insurance, like not only is there the WPATH standards of care, which have recently been updated. I don't know if you you saw the standards of care number eight is now. I released. saw that it had been. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't read through it. So if you know yeah. the details, that'd be. There's a lot of great changes in it, but there are still some things. I mean, and, and some of the restrictions make sense. Like for example, they generally speaking, like if you're seeking bottom surgery, like an orchiectomy. They think that you should be on Spiro for six months to know what it's like to not have testosterone acting in your body before you get the permanent procedure. So, like, that's some of the WPATH standards. But, like, so not only is there that kind of stuff, and I think the WPATH does require for certain surgeries, like, at least one uh, letter confirming that you are mentally sound, basically, from a therapist or whatever. So, like, not only do you have that, but you also have the insurance like not like that's the doctors and the surgeons and like what the surgeons are going to do. But the actual insurance itself will also be like, oh, yeah. So because of our understanding of standards of care for trans people, like we won't cover bottom surgery unless you've already had top surgery or we won't cover top surgery unless you've already been on hormones for six months um, or we won't conf- we won't do any surgery for you because you're not, quote, living in the role because you're non-binary like it's pretty shit over here, if I'm being honest. So every time I've been looking into uh, surgeries or anything, I've just been operating under the assumption that someday I'm going to have a $50,000 GoFundMe that I have to open, you know? Christ. <laughs> yeah. Which plug, by the way, I also have a GoFundMe going right now because my partner, who I've lived with for 12 years, uh, we're separating and I need to find my own place. Help me buy a bed. Oh, my God. Yeah, if you if you if you got some money in your wallet, that would be the the cause to give to beds necessary. Yeah, I don't. I moved out of my parents' house and in with my partner, and I don't have a toaster. <laughs> oh no! There's so many things. Anyway, I don't want to get stuck on that. Um, but yeah, insurance in this country is a nightmare. 
Um, and, and I am just fully expecting to have to pay tens of thousands of dollars, uh, if or when I eventually get surgeries. Jesus. Would you have, like, a plan? Would it, would it be a GoFundMe thing? GoFundMe job? Like, is there a possibility of, like, being in Canada and getting part of it covered, or is that just not a thing? Uh, I don't want to go to a Canadian phalloplasty surgeon. Uh, I have a very specific American clinic that I want to go to. Um, yeah, so, like, it's, uh, with, for me, like, I know it's, like, if you're on the NHS, you kind of, like, you get the surgery that, like, from the person who's there, right? Like, uh, I know there was one phalloplasty surgeon in the UK for a long time. Like, honestly, though, if I lived in the UK because of my own personal, like, standards and everything, like, I probably would still want to go to the specific clinic that I want to go to, uh, because of their, uh, quality of work, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, if money wasn't a factor, I felt like that'd be more of a deal for me. And I guess because, like, because you've grown up in the American healthcare system, money's also always a factor with this sort of thing. So it's hard to separate your mind from that. Yeah, like, I mean, if, most if I Americans about, have medical debt, so you know. Yeah, I mean, well, now I do. So amazing. Um, yeah, join the club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incredible with American American affectation of everything. Um, no. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say now. Sorry, um, but like I uh, like when I was thinking of like getting it, like I, I did look at the other options, like Thailand and whatever. But like, you know, it's just a, it's it, if I had the option to like pay fifteen grand or not, it was fairly easy choice for me. And like, I feel like a lot of this is like people have to, people have a reputation in the international markets because they have to advertise because they're all paid. Whereas, like, in the UK, because it is all, a lot of it is through the NHS, they're not going to do the advertising, so it's a whole different ball game. Whereas when I went to the facial feminization person, you can't get that on the NHS, so it was a lot more like, well, who have they done? And I saw, like, they've done a couple of celebrities that I respect, and I've seen what the work they've done, and, like, they've used them to advertise. It's like, well, if you did this person and they look good, then like, I would trust you with my face. And then I met the person and they were lovely and they made sure it was like a really nice environment. They gave me a big hug before they did the surgery. It was like, oh, yeah. So that was a really good, it was a good, for that, like that was a different experience than one I had, even though he was, he was very optimistic that the insurance would cover it. And so were the insurance people on the phone and then they didn't. So um, mm. if you want to help, um, I'm not going to mention the plug again. I'll say that to the end. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but like, we're both it's a just very, begging. Yeah, exactly. We're just like, welcome to the beggar podcast where we beg This is what it's like to be trans, everybody. (laughs) We don't have any money. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) But like, of the of the surgeries I've um, like recovered from, though, it's been it has been a they've each been like a unique experience. Like, so I got a breast augmentation like this time like last year, and with that one, like I got a small loan from the bank, and. with with that one, it was like I got to go home immediately that day, and I took I took time off. Um, I needed it because it, it like it hurt a lot, but like it was it was quite weird and like a different sort of pathway. With that, it's just like sort of annoying because like it's sort of sat high up on you, and you got the wrappings around you. Um, it was the least painful, maybe I don't know. I thought it was quite painful at the time. It's, it's always hard to think back when you've gone through it, but if I think about like that recovery, um, it was quite a lot. But also it was less debilitating because it's on your chest. Whereas I feel like if it's your face or you're downstairs, it's a little more intimidating. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the face, you know, it's like you're more afraid of getting punched in the face than getting punched in the arm. You know, like it's it's like a precious part of you. And then like you're downstairs. It's like, well, I got to fucking like walk and sit, you know? 
Yeah, 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 exactly. And, like, I, I can't really compare it to the downstairs one because I had so many, re- like, recovery stuff on that because, like, I got sort of pressured back into work before I was ready. Mm. Um, but, like, even just the initial bit, like, the initial bruising is massive. You're going to have a hard time, especially because you have to dilate for it, like, the first time when it's really painful. You're going to be causing yourself more pain. Um and it does take like many, like at least a month to recover properly. So I went back after like a month and it was too soon. Whereas with mm-hmm. this, I feel like I can go back to work now from the facial feminization surgery, like three, four weeks in and like, it's basically fine. And with like breast surgery, like I go back sooner as long as like people don't look at my chest. <laughs> yeah. look, you, sort of, you sort of look like, um, like you know, those like kids, those kids toys where you, meant to, like, you look like the Hulk and they have those like fake muscle padding made yeah. of like foam you look like that for a while <laughs> oh no yeah um so it's like it is a different journey but um what i will say especially is take the time the doctor says don't let people pressure you back because i did that with my lower surgery and it meant i had to go complications and i had complications that lasted for multiple years and like there's a reason and required they many res- like surgeries for revision right Exactly, exactly. So there's a reason they tell you to wait that amount of time. If your boss is being an asshole about it, that's not your fault. Don't don't do what I do and blame yourself. Like, it's not your fault. You're having brick surgery. You have to recover from it. If they say that you're not being a dedicated enough worker, they're just an asshole. And I should have learned that sooner. But it's quite it takes quite a while to learn. I think, for, especially if you're the kind of person that tends to blame yourself for things, to realise that your boss is the problem. Especially under yeah. our current system, where they're literally responsible for all your paycheck and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, this, like, surgery recovery conversation, because I... Uh, just made the very first phone call to potentially get started on the bottom surgery stuff. So the clinic that I want to go through is the Bunk Clinic, which is in uh, San Francisco, I think. Um, yeah. So they, uh, because they, first of all, they're renowned as being like one of the better microsurgery teams and the nerve hookup shit is like the most important factor to me. Um but also, like, it's when you when I called, she was like, yeah, so we actually have to it's kind of difficult to coordinate this a little bit because we technically work with two separate clinics. There's the microsurgery team and then the, there's like the urogenital team or whatever. But they also have like hand surgeons. Um, and that's extremely relevant because like the donor site is your fucking arm. Like you can lose functionality in your hand if they don't do it right um, and if you don't have proper like physical therapy afterwards and stuff. So like that's why people tend the, the surgeons prefer to use your non-dominant arm for the donor site so that in case you lose functionality, it's not your main hand. Um, but yeah, like getting to this point now, like making that phone call and now it's like, oh, well, now I've sent you the, you know, intake forms. Go ahead and fill out those intake forms. I'm like, oh, no, do I actually want to do this like (laughs) like the the i'm like i'm like am i gonna have to be catheterized at any point for this process because i don't want that at all like i don't want urethra lengthening so you know i'm just thinking of those things now that i hadn't really thought about before of like am i willing to deal with having a giant scar on my arm actually or like like i don't my thing is like i don't have like very strong bottom dysphoria i mean like it's there but it's not very strong and uh it just seems like, oh, I'm going to like, like, what is the practical reality going to be of having this thing attached to me now? And it's there all the time. Um, like, you cannot reverse, like, there's no Uno reverse card on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't, like, I do just I like I wearing fairly, booty shorts I had fairly similar to feelings. keep doing it? Sorry, I had fairly similar feelings on mine. Yeah, like, yeah, like, the, it's a big change, it's irreversible, and, like, you had so many complications and everything, but you seem like you're satisfied even having had gone through that. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because, as well, like, I, I never thought I had, like, very, like, bad bottom dysphoria, like, I, like, I, I knew that I prefer to have the other set, but, like, it was never, like, a massive panic or anything, and then mm. I sort of, like, realized, well, this is what I want, and it was less, like, I'm dying to get rid of it, and more, like, this is, it's available, and so I will take it, which is, like, a lot mm-hmm. less, the other two, the other two surgeons had much more, like, dysphoria-based, um, but, no, it's, it was, it's been amazing, but I do, I do recognize that, and when you have it, like, followed up, especially when you start booking it, it's, there is that feeling, especially with the bottom one, because it seems such a major deal, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And, like, I remember, right. like, the, the day before when I was in the thingy, uh, when I was in the surgery table and my mum was with me, I was just crying. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing to myself? And it's natural to feel like that, but I think it's especially scary because, like, it's because you're going to, like, multiple parts of your body are going to be, like, in pain for a while. And with the arm stuff, like, oh, that, that, see, that would scare me, like, way more than anything I had to do for the bottom surgery, which just seems weird because, like, obviously a whole genital area getting cut up is more drastic than a skin graft but there's something quite visceral about seeing one i think that i don't know how are you feeling about it i mean i'm feeling like i'm i'm uh i'm gonna have to take some additional processing time uh with it like but but part of the thing is that i'm like okay even though i do still kind of feel unsure because like i mean like i'm like obviously we're separating like don't know if we're getting divorced hashtag unsure times are fucking great um like how is my partner, like my long-term partner, going to respond in this situation? Like we've talked about it briefly, but not like the actual reality of, well, like how how would this impact our sex life, or how would it, like you know, um, yeah. So I'm basically just like I'm gonna have to s- spend some more time imagining the embodiment of the things, like imagining the embodiment of like my arm being fucked up, and then like I think what I want to do is make a crochet packer because like the thing is that i have bought packers before but they all have uh testicles and i don't plan on getting testicles so i can't pack and know what it's going to be like um and it's also kind of weird and difficult to pack just like the penis itself and because it's like there's nothing to really hold it in place as opposed to when it's the whole packer there's like it's got weight and an orientation to it so i'm gonna have to like make this like tube penis thing and then like maybe make it some straps so that i can actually like affix it to my body and then it'll remain in location i was gonna say can you get a strap on that isn't hard like is that possible (laughs) i think technically yeah you could um but i could also like i think that i could just like tie it around my waist basically like have like one set of ties going around my hips and one set of ties going around my legs um that's been like my idea for how to figure out the embodiment but like the I mean, also the scary part is like the surgical thing, because like it's a skin graft from your arm, but also another skin graft off of your leg, a partial skin graft to cover your arm. Uh, I've seen some photos in the in the trans groups of like someone's arm in a sort of in between phase, because every surgeon does this differently. Like they stage it out differently, um, and it's like this person's arm is just like you can just see kind of graphic warning i guess here tbh sorry um <laughs> you can basically <laughs> well for the crowd you know you know um you can just see the muscle underneath a plastic wrap like basically the arm is covered in just like 
translucent plastic wrap and you can just fucking see their muscles and ligaments and shit like because they're they haven't yet gotten the partial skin graft off of their leg i guess like i or at least or like maybe it is a very fresh skin graft that just happens to look super fucking gnarly um so but it's like yeah it's a whole procedure and like yeah i imagine that just getting the phalloplasty by itself uh without also getting because some other people will do oh i also had vaginectomy at the same time or something along those lines um so the more steps you add on to it the worse it's gonna be obviously but that's still a lot to do at once like you're cutting the arm skin off you're grafting it onto the genital area to make the penis so there is some amount of trauma in the genital area as well where they like they have to go in and I don't actually know how they go in and do the nerve hookup but it's like they go in t inside somewhere and do some like nerve connecting shit so like the genitals do get some amount of trauma even if I'm just having phalloplasty added on and not taking anything away plus then the leg graft so it's like honestly I think that I may have signed myself up for like the most intense and difficult form of transgender surgery <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it all seems like that when you're thinking about it, right? Like, I remember, like, when we was, like, when he, like, if you get anyone, like, watches, like, a video of any, like, lower surgery, it always looks like the most horrific thing uh, uh, possible when you're imagining it. But people say the same thing about, like, any invasive surgery can be really painful and really intimidating. Like, hysterectomy is meant to be, like, one of, like, really painful, even like, if you're just doing it to, like, if you have, like, cancer or something, you have to get, get rid of it. Um, and people really warn about that because it's so painful and like uh, there's no easy way the first time especially just to accept the fact that someone's going to knock you unconscious and then cut you open and take out a part of you or rearrange it like I think after you've done it had it done before like right now like that's the easy part for me is just letting yourself be knocked out but the first time is incredibly intimidating because you are putting your life in someone else's hands for something you basically only know about by like secondhand information because you're not watching people do it. You've not seen it happen before. Like you may have, you, you can read about it all you want. It won't prepare you for it. There's like, there's no, like, it would be weird if you weren't kind of terrified about it and especially because i've seen a lot of these um recently a lot of because a lot of turf groups have started to like be try to try to try to trot around these pictures of like the skin grafts of the arms be like this is what they're doing to our daughters and i, I can't was imagine so upset that by that oh my god yeah. i was so upset well one of the photo sets that i saw shared was like three pictures of someone's arm relatively soon after and then just someone's actual fucking penis like i was really upset i'm like where did you go to find this? And then you're just like posting someone's like extremely vulnerable photos. Like the arm is one thing and it's like not great, but like just someone's actual fucking human penis. Like, oh man. And they're like, well, this, it couldn't possibly be graphic or, or like intimately inappropriate for me to share this because it's just arm skin. And I'm like, it's a damn good thing that you're not in the room with me right now. <laughs> I'm saying, does that not get you banned? Like, <laughs> I, right. Like, but like, uh, I, I don't want to like foster an environment on Twitter where like post. I think it's revenge porn. Actually, I was gonna say just it like I don't think. Porn, yeah, yeah, I don't think posting porn should be banned on Twitter, but I I think that that should qualify as revenge porn for sure. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's it's like graphic. Any surgery is gonna be graphic and difficult. Um, I and I kind of agree that like going under is part of the fear too. I mean, on, for me, honestly, it's I'm just like I'm gonna wake up and be like in blistering pain. Like that's the part that I'm freaked out about. Also in America, I don't know if this is the case for you over in the UK as much right now, but like um, because of the opioid crisis, there are 
like I've personally known people who've had surgery and then basically not been offered any pain management aside from fucking Tylenol um, because they're so concerned that medical, you know, people are so concerned with the idea of people getting addicted uh, that I'm, I also have concern over that part. But I also am going to maybe have to have a minor surgical procedure and have an opportunity to go under general anesthesia first to get uh, an idea of what that's like. Because I have a, a an HPV wart in my like soft palate in my mouth, basically, like on my tonsils. I'm actually going to get that uh, scraped this week to make sure it's not cancerous because uh, I have not been able to afford $6,000 to get it removed. Um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so getting it removed fully is going to be like apparently under general anesthesia. I don't know why, but they were like, that's what's required. I'm like, okay, so we're going to take a chance on me dying from anesthesia in order to <laughs> remove a wart from my throat. That sounds great. I guess one of the difficulties if, the, if they're trying to scrape something from your mouth is that your instant reaction will be to bite down and that would really fuck it up. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out because this week what I'm doing is just I'm getting the lidocaine and they're just going to remove a small portion of it to have it biopsied. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know when, when they put you under when they put you under general anesthetic, usually they have something down your throat to open your throat and mouth up. So that makes it, I guess, that make it much easier. And yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't want someone scrape. Like I don't know why that squicks me out more. Like the idea of someone scraping your mouth when I've just had like my forehead opened and my skin peeled down on my face. Like that yeah. feels less intrusive somehow. I haven't really <laughs> given it a lot of practical thought. I'm sure that it's not. I mean, I've had lidocaine before, and that part's going to be the part that sucks the most because um, it burns at first, and then it makes you numb. But that weirds me out, that opioid thing, because like, like, like that's the stuff it's literally made for. Like, if yeah. they're going to give it out for profit for things you don't need, but they won't give it for you for things you do need, surely that's the opposite response that you should be having. I mean, like, you would think. <laughs> like, I woke up from, so one of the things that made me made the recovery for my lower surgery, pff, I wouldn't say easy, because it was atrocious. It was like one of the most horrible pain you've ever done. I will say the lower surgery will be the most pain because it's a very sensitive region and the recovery is longer. But one of the things that made it bearable for the first two days is we had this like opium switch where I could press a button if it got too painful and they flood, flood me with opium. And I was like, was so happy the first two days. I felt like fucking on top of the world, like I was flying and they slowly reduce it and take you off it. And then you feel like absolute utter shite. Um, so you do need it, especially for the first couple of days. And I will say like, even after facial surgery, I didn't get any like, um, anything major. I got like some, I got like Tramadol, I think, which is like a minor opiate. And after after that ran out, it really the headaches really did go up. Like, there's a reason why people prescribe opiates for pain. Um, and like, I don't think that we sh- that that this fucking Sackler family fucking poisoning the entirety of America by getting them all addicted to um, pain medication for no reason should be a should be a reason why we stop people from I don't know not being in horrific pain on recovery of surgery. It seems completely backwards, but. Yeah, and um, there sure seem to be certain types of people and certain types of procedures where it's not being managed as well. And it's like, it's repetitive, it's showing the same uh, kinds of biases in the medical environment that we've always seen. Like, men's pain is taken seriously. Men's procedures are prioritized. Um, You know, like, men who are getting a vasectomy, like, they, they get, like... Valium in addition to the local anesthetic or whatever like and then but versus like 
I just got an IUD inserted, and the part where they have to check if my uterus was deep enough to take the IUD without perforating it was like a medically traumatic, painful thing that they did where they yanked my cervix around a bunch, and I was not offered... I found out later I could have been given like a... Um, I could have been given a cervix softening suppository, like a prescription medication, and I was not given that. Like, they very well could have ultrasounded me instead of doing the yanking my cervix around part. And they also could have fucking given me lidocaine, but they didn't do any of that because I go to a low-income clinic and because it's female healthcare, um, and apparently that shit just is okay to do to people. Um, it's okay to in a normal medical procedure to not warn your patient how painful it's going to be and then put them in shock for three hours. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I so thought they're the supposed to warn stuff. you about all these side effects when they're, do putting you, when they're doing something to you. Isn't that part of the point is that you meant to know, you meant to be able to have the informed consent. Here's the what she said to me. Is... Here's what she said to me before she started yanking my cervix around. She said, this is the part that's really sucky. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was the worst thing I've ever experienced. Um medically at least so yeah but, but i'm just using that as an example to show like like i don't actually like is my being trans part of why that wasn't offered to me like my being trans is certainly part of why i was going to the low-income clinic in the first place you know like compounding factors and it's yeah she it's not like she has anything against me she's fine um but it's like her place in the system is like she is not able to provide a standard of care that is sensible and then like my friend who had almost zero pain management for a surgery was like getting a it was a surgically required mastectomy but it was still like a person with breasts getting a mastectomy and it's like i don't know like she's also jewish and that's why she was getting the mastectomy because of the BRCA2 gene and it's like was it uh was it poorly managed because of some of those factors like her being female her getting a a breast removal like uh being jewish like why wasn't she given fucking like why was this a traumatic situation for her like why are we doing this to people in my country and like being so like squirrely about the idea of people getting addicted to opium or whatever opiates that they will just decline to give you real pain management when you are like you've just lost a knife fight with a surgeon you know yeah, yeah, and it's not like that will stop them. The like the opiates being prescribed for 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 full profit reasons by G, by GPs, because they haven't really punished those guys properly for that. Like if they really wanted to stop that, they oh Jesus, I, I won't I won't go into it, but it's it's fucking criminal. Um, but no, I definitely feel the system working against you as a trans person. Like I get that even over here in the NHS. Like so, like my current. GP is like refusing to prescribe me more than one month of hormones. I've been on hormones for like six years. Um, Sometimes they do that with birth control here. Like you, like yeah. they want you to go back every month. Like, are you fucking serious? Right. It's like this is the rest of my life, and like I'm going to here getting fucking blood tests every couple of weeks. I was like literally just like I've been on this for ages. Just let me carry on. But they mm -hmm. don't. They because like because you are like now you're like a medical anomaly and you have to be constantly checked over. Whereas like if you were a cis person on HRT, they'd probably be much less worried. Um, that's so creepy that's like the government does the government feel like it has an interest in knowing your like sensitive medical details because it's the it's the nhs like if you're being required to come in and have your blood levels checked then basically you're under government surveillance medically uh, well uh, it's it's uh, 
Like, I think they're so scared of getting it wrong. Like, you can't do anything properly through the NHS, like, gender-wise, unless under the gender clinic. But they discharge you from the gender clinic when you have bottom surgery. So I got discharged from it ages ago, even though they never officially did. But they Why? can't talk to me for them anymore. I don't know. It's fucking stupid. So, like, people are like, oh, well, I have to talk to the gender clinic. It's like, well, if you try to talk to them, you will never get a response. And they're like, well, I can't hear from anyone else. So they're just assuming that I can't fucking talk for myself. I've been on hormones for, like, however many years. Mm. Like, it's, 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 actually, it's actually insane. And, like, all of this stuff, like, when I got, um, when I was originally being screened for, like, facial feminization surgery, they were like, well, you're going to need a letter from two therapists. Like, well, I don't have access to the GRC, the gender recognition thing, gender thing anymore, so I can't, I just can't, so eventually yeah. I just got it anyway. But, um, I mean, like, I've, like, they, they, it's like being, you get kind of infantilized. Like, people treat you like, well, there must be something, because there's something wrong with you, that you've got to have, uh, you've got to be treated differently. Like, you could, you're not treated like an adult that's responsible for your own decisions. You're treated like someone they have to treat with, like, incredible care and, like, be careful because, like, it's something weird they don't understand. And different GPs are better for this and some are worse. And, like, some of the GPs have been really nice. But, like, it's... <laughs> It, it amazes me still when these people just don't understand. Like they just like treat you like a weird medical anomaly rather than just another person. And I feel like, why would you get into healthcare if you're going to treat other people like that? But you know, I guess there's always going to be people like that. I mean, if you're going to get going to get the kind of people that prescribe opiates to people and get them addicted and then get them to have a ridiculous like epidemic of opioid deaths just for an extra couple of thousands in their pockets, you can, I mean, like, that's more, much more morally bankrupt than just being condescending to someone, so. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of think, honestly, that, like, a lot of people enter the medical profession for bad reasons. Like, in the U.S., at least, it kind of seems to me like um, uh, men become cops and women become nurses when they want to hold power over people and be shitty. Um, yeah, I've definitely heard, like, stories about, like, oh, this person got top surgery at a supposedly trans-friendly um, hospital, but they were misgendered the entire time by the nurses, and, like, nurses wouldn't come during call on certain shifts and stuff like that. And it's like, or even for non-trans-specific related things, like, even just for pain management stuff, like, sometimes a nurse will be like, sometimes God wants to test us and then they will fucking just decline to give you your medicine while you're in the hospital like the overnight nurse or whatever will just like exercise psychotic power over you jesus so i don't feel like nurses get paid enough in this country to bring those people in (laughs) i guess yeah it's not lucrative enough to be worth it for the cruelty you could be doing something else yeah, I mean, even the cops in this country, like, well, the cops over there, they get to retire and basically live like, live like fucking kings. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this country, at least like when we when we did Thatcherism, we committed to also defunding the police and the army. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Whereas like America was smart enough to be like, no, these are the bits we're going to need to bump up if we're going to keep this police state going. It's definitely not fascist at all. It's not. It's not. We just elected. Oh my god! Did you see that Italy just elected a fascist as well? The world's yeah, so good. I did. Amazing. I mean, like, I will say. Hopefully, she ends up like the last one, um, hung upside down from a lamppost. You know, uh, I think I think that there are a lot of people who could really benefit from going on an oxygen cleanse. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have too much oxygen, and you just need to let it out of you. It's true. I like how the Twitter TOS is making me become more creative. <laughs> it's good. It's yeah. good. Finding new ways around it. 
Like, listen, oxygen has free radicals in it. Like, that can cause, like, cancer. It's not good for you. Like, the only healthy way to be... The only way to be clean is to purge the breath from... <laughs> it's true. Jesus. I mean, technically, oxygen is, like, slowly setting your body on fire, so... Yeah, it's genuinely quite a dangerous chemical. <laughs> it's, it's genuinely... It's bad for you. You should go on a cleanse. See go on a goes. cleanse, um, new prime minister of Italy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's gonna no. keep happening more and more now too. Like once there's one, it's gonna there's gonna be other countries, and it's yeah, we're going. It's a bad Probably. time. <laughs> it is a bad time. I mean, like I feel like Britain, like we're now we've gone, we've moved from like we've gone into the bad time the, from the bad timeline to the banter timeline now. So we went from Boris Johnson, who is like big time fascist idiot, to Liz Truss, who's just an idiot, like the there most brain dead person in the world, and she's come in. Immediately killed the queen and crashed the economy. True. Um, which, I mean, amazing record. I mean, if you talk about like, people being productive, I mean, people say she hasn't done anything, but the queen is dead and also the pound doesn't basically doesn't exist anymore. So, really, I mean, <laughs> as yeah. someone who grew, she grew up as an anti monarchist, she shook the queen's hand and then she died. Um, she, like, I don't know, she, she used to want to join the EU and now the pound's worth nothing, so maybe we'll have to join the euro. So, really. Maybe it's like counterintuitive. Maybe people vote for her to get the opposite of what she said she'd do based on her past. Um, but what I will say is that um, Queen Elizabeth dying really kind of had had a sort of I don't want to say North Koreaing effect on this country because that's kind of insulting to North Korea. But you really did see the beating heart of the propaganda machine that is the UK. Every single billboard in the country had a picture of the dead queen on it. You couldn't move for picture of the dead queen. All the TV coverage was just the dead queen. They turned off everything. Every TV channel, including Ted's TV, to show the queen's funeral. I don't know why you need it on every channel. Apart from the Emoji movie, that was showing on Channel 5. Oh, um, wow, which great. Is the, world, the, the, the world alternative to the queen's funeral. Um, they cancelled like a bunch of like surgeries for like terminal cancer patients. Oh, my God. Um, because, yeah, I saw some of that. Yeah, so... And then, like, we, and then, like, if you don't show enough respect, you like, you get in trouble. People can be like reported. It's like, some guy got arrested for like saying for having a protest her sign that said "Not my king," and then another sign protest protester got arrested just for having an empty sign because it could be interpreted as being anti-monarchy. Oh, interesting. This um, this follows a step like, that was um, basically that was the, the cause behind a lot of riots around the country last year, which is basically a bill that banned protest if it was making any sort of nuisance or too much noise. Um, so now protest is illegal because eventually got through. That was fought back for by a long time. If you saw the images of a police car being burned in Bristol, that was from those protests. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually they just got it through because there's just so much time going by and they have massive, the Tories have a massive majority. So they, we, so essentially protest is illegal. Um, we forced through this old guy who's like a weird homeopath and who likes to get paedophiles off off of bad crimes and back into the good graces of the public. Um, now he's sitting on the throne. We've got a king now. He's a bit of a twat. Um, I mean, the queen was too, but at least she sort of had an air of sort of indifference. Like, you sort of pretend that she wasn't responsible for a lot of stuff. Like, this guy's... Oh, I don't know. And I've seen, I've just seen videos of him being very shitty to people, like, very entitled oh, yeah. and shitty to people. He's been like that the whole time. We've just seen like this. There's this whole thing about how like he can't 
do anything for himself now. His all his clothes are folded for him. He can't put his clothes on. Every night his like butler has to put toothpaste on his tooth toothbrush for him and leave it by the sink. Like, why are we letting people with this immense privilege get away with it? Like, the Queen had some inertia behind her because she got like, coronated in the 1950s. Like, she was literally right. like the Queen's coronation at the first big TV event like ever. Like, I like, sort of understand that last thing, but then we're just going to pretend like the momentum's still there? Like, people, not even royalists like this fucking guy. And then we have all this, like, crackdown stuff in public life, fucking energy bills going up by tens of thousands of pounds. The and yet still crashing. paying all of the coronation stuff and the funeral stuff. And, like, yeah, state, state there is funeral. some exception, isn't there, of the... There is generally a tax on, like, when wealth passes from a, from a parent to a child and... They're, like, just yeah. fully exempt from that tax. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have to pay inheritance tax. Yeah. Like, none at all. And um, what's more, we just got announced that um, the tax, the, the, the top rate of tax is being cut, so now any all, like, all the ultra-rich are paying the same tax bracket as people earning 50000 before tax. So that's great. Are you um, all going to freak the fuck out soon? Because I would like to see that happen. Uh, we've been freaking out for a while, but like things like that's what I said to my partner. It's like they're always like, "Wait, why aren't we rioting?" It's like every that's what time I mean. Try, like, are you guys gonna riot soon? <laughs> every time we try and riot, it gets put down. And like, I don't know. Like, there was like riots for weeks and weeks when the anti-protest bill came along, mm-hmm. and it, like it didn't result in anything mainly because like they curve and serve as a massive majority. They can't really do much about it. I get the feeling this is gonna like. The cost of living crisis is so severe in this country now that people literally will not be able to afford to pay their bills, literally won't be able to afford to eat. Mm. And that's the stuff that really does get shit going. Um, but I, but I, I don't want to be too optimistic. I'm quite optimistic in the long term, not necessarily the short term, especially because the Tories have this very bad habit of just clinging barely on to power. So I, I, I would like to think, I would like to think that there's going to be some response, especially because people are literally unable to do anything about it. I mean, me, myself, I'm fucking panicking. Like, I might have to leave the country, and I'm actively planning to, like, mm-hmm. after all of this, and, like, especially because, like, Liz Truss is, just, like, famous for being a bit of a turf. Yeah. Um, it's all a bit up in the air right now, and as much as the EU has its problems, and so it's like Italy, Hungary, Poland, all of that stuff, I... <laughs> I mean, I was in Croatia for a month and I didn't see, like, a single homeless person. Like, there weren't, there were, no one was rough sleeping there. They, they cleaned up after, there was no, like, shit on the street. Everything was clean. It's clear, like, there's a lot, there's, like, obviously there's a lot of problems and stuff, but, like, it's hard to picture how far we've slipped down until you just go somewhere else and I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't have to do things this way. And I think it's hard to come back and just look at that because, like... Oh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I really get people that, like, sort of have soft spots for the Queen because we sort of had this parasocial relationship with her for so long. Like, she's been with us on the TV for our whole lives. But she did oversee, like, the Malmar Rebellion and the Malaya, the Malaya Uprising and stuff like that, the fucking Bloody Sunday, all this shit. Like, there's a lot of stuff that she was... that she literally signed off on that was horrific and we just sort of let her get away with it because we didn't advertise it. And reasonable, like, quite left-wing people I've seen are just sort of, like, trying to, like, be like, oh, the Queen, what a nice figure, she's gone. I can't even be angry at that, because sort of the whole country was sort of played. 
but this, but when it comes down to this stuff, this actual material condition stuff that's happening right now in the midst of this sort of enforced mourning period, with sort of being asked to like pay through the arse with money we literally don't have to sort out this cost of living crisis that could easily be solved while they cut the taxes for the rich people in a time after the COVID pandemic where they earned record profits. It's, there's no response to that other than fucking going nuts. Like, I really don't see a way out of this other than, other than, other than some sort of uprising. And I think it will happen. I just don't know when or how, but the the unionization wave is increasing. People are angry. People are scared. This is how it happens. We'll just have to wait and see. I don't want to be the one to predict a revolution. Um, But I will say, you know, kings named Charles have a bad habit of uh, losing their heads. So true. So true. I mean, it's hard to predict the revolution stuff. And it's also like, I don't know if this is necessarily the case for you, but for us, like, you kind of have to be careful about who comes out at the end of that revolution. Like, we could very well have a fascist revolution here where the fascists all, you know, you know, put on their boots and storm all of the drag bars. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's becoming an issue. You know, I haven't personally felt safe enough to go to queer events since... I don't think I've been to a single queer space or event since... Um, uh, the Pulse shooting in 2016. Um, because, like, I mean, it's just not safe. I mean, first of all, I don't want to go to Pride in June because it's too fucking hot. But also, like, I don't I don't want to go to gay bars because I don't want to deal with the possibility of just dying because I wanted to go to a communal space for queer people. Um, and it's just getting worse. Um, so yeah, yeah. The amount of drag held, like, terrorism worse. at drag bars recently. Like, like the, the difference, I guess, is just, like, in, in Britain, like, there's there, there aren't guns, which is a really different yes. factor. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the US, like, even when the demographics are looking good and it looks like people as a whole are going to be, like, more accepting as time goes on, the, radical, the people who are radicalised are getting more and more brazen about what they're doing, that the amount of shootings and, like, protests at drag bars, that's terrifying. Yeah. And everybody, you know, all of us are feeling the squeeze of inflation. Uh, our energy bills are higher as well, not not dr- as dramatically, uh, you know, but our like the electricity has been more expensive than I was put, I was able to anticipate this summer. Um, you know, jobs are. I mean, there's a lot of jobs. It's just a matter of like them underpaying. You know, you I don't want to go work at some food place and make ten, twelve dollars an hour. Like that's not reasonable. With yeah, explicitly people don't is. want to give jobs that actually are easy to live on. Like, people don't want you to give you a job that you can actually live on and be able to afford to eat and pay your bills. Yeah, or, like, offer you literally any COVID protections in the workplace. And, like, being openly trans is kind of a shitty nightmare if you're dealing with the public at all. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, like, a lot of people across the world and, like, in our countries are, like, experiencing financial hardship and political sort of... The, the political divide becoming so dr- dramatically, I don't know, it, 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 like the polarization seems like it's relatively increasing. You know, you've got the what what Joe Biden called the MAGA Republicans, distinguishing them from the rest of them. I guess you would also kind of call that like alt-right, sort of like the alt-right neo-Nazi MAGA Republican subgroup. Um, Are there any like Republicans left that aren't MAGA at this point? Yeah, that's the question, though. Like, I think there actually are um, the, oh, God, what is it called? There's this one 
group called like the Lincoln something oh, the or Lincoln other. Project. Yeah, the Lincoln Project, and that like I kind of appreciate that they're like making the kind of content that they do, where they're like we're Republicans, but fuck these stupid assholes. <laughs> Mm, but if you look at the election results, like more pe- more Republicans voted for Trump in 2020 than they did in 2016, right? For sure, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much the Lincoln Project actually did to help at that point. Yeah, um, I guess you would just have to look at like how many voted Trump versus like I don't know, like like how many abstained or um, you know, it's hard to say too without knowing those individual reasonings like there are single issue voters so there are people who will never vote democrat because they're uh anti-abortion you know yeah like it doesn't matter who the guy is or how bad he is but he's the one who's gonna try to protect babies so that's the issue you know yeah that's true that's true i mean the one reason i feel like fairly optimistic in the long term for the uk is if you look at the demographics in 2019 when my boy jeremy corbyn lost and i lost all hope in this country um they like the under 45s in a landslide vote for the left like for yeah. an explicitly socialist candidate where there's the people that were retired explicitly voted for tory and that was just because of our aging population like in the long term people want socialist policies it's just the people that had like grew up in the thatcher era and sort of like have own homes and stuff while the rest of us are sort of left to pick up the scraps of whatever social democracy they sort of tore apart from the 70s it's it's very different demographics wise whereas i feel like and because no one has guns there's not a real divide there like in america i still think that like it's still from what i can tell the majority is it's a fairly similar picture with like the majority of the youth but also like the majority of the people with the weapons and the means to like do something about the situation a lot of them are very far right and i know that's been changing especially since trump i know a lot of like left-wingers have been getting guns and that's kind of fucking scary in itself but like and i know like i was talking at the conference last week about there were people that people asking me it's like quite a big topic of conversation is do you think america's gonna have a civil war and i was like you know like i used Maybe. to think it would you know like i think it's less likely now after covid um but like and all of this stuff and now that i don't know it seems like there's a lot there's a lot less I don't know if there's just a lot less Trump supporters because a lot of them died, but like it was not a winning like, strategy to like downplay the vaccine to your aging demographic. Well, no, exactly, and like, but it's not like it's not like his base, how like the extremists haven't gone away, but sort of like there's less of a backing the popular backing behind them now, which changes the dynamic from sort of being a popular uprising of like the rural and elder communities to sort of being a sort of minority, possibly, like, terrorist organization, um, which is this different flavor of military organization. I don't know. I don't, I'm terrified of all this shit. Obvious, obviously, like, I am I would be the first one to fucking die in a revolution, like... Right, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I actually... I worry that it's... I worry that there is a perception that it's getting better, but that, in actuality, it is becoming more dangerous like i mean maybe it's just because i mean maybe the civil war aspect of it might not be as prescient but um more more in the sense of like the stochastic targeting of my demographic you know um like i mean and like this is this is the issue of the of the election with as far as what the republicans are trying to do you know the republicans are not trying to campaign on climate change right now they're not trying to campaign um on on small government you know what the what the all all republicans are campaigning on right now 
is trans people are pedophiles who want to groom your children and and like force them into like a, a sexually specific type of body so that they are better suited for their you know like there's so many like psycho level fucking conspiracy theories and people don't like there are not enough trans people for people to feel like oh well that's bullshit because i know someone who's trans and they would never do that um yeah it's so to me i'm perceiving it as increasingly dangerous actually yeah it's it's a tricky one because i feel like that's a bad strategy that they've employed and especially because like we had the australian elections last year Mm -hmm. and they basically did the same thing with their conservatives ran on transphobia Mm-hmm. because they had no economic solutions to anything and what they were basically offering was we hate trans people and after yeah. Anthony Albanese who is the Labour candidate candidate won the Conservative candidate round to, one of the Conservative guys came around and said like the transphobia thing it was disaster no one took it no one wanted it and I think that's sort of the, what people miss about the Trump campaign is that it wasn't just the culture war stuff even though that did get a certain amount of people on his side but it was the fact that he was proposing a different economic model I mean it didn't end up being what he was doing but he did say he was going to do stuff for like working communities and bring industry back to the US that wasn't he, I don't think he was being truthful about that and I don't think mm. that would have even necessarily worked if he'd done it but he was picturing something whereas I feel like if you just offer up transphobia you're only going to get the weird frothing at the mouth people because mo- I think majority of people just don't give a fuck but no matter whether that works for them or not it's going to turn up the temperature against us and it's yeah. going to make it a more dangerous place for people like us to live and especially we've seen that recently with like you know whatever biden can say about like i'm on your side your president stands for you are you doing something when people are turning up with machine guns at fucking drag shows when people are reporting boston children's hospital as a like and getting bomb threats there like are you doing something about that no you're going there you're saying the bare minimum to try and like cosplay as someone more progressive to try and please the left the left of your base but he didn't actually want to do anything i mean like he says he want, might, might, might ban assault weapons fine but I mean, it's not going to stop people coming like they, there are different guns you can use to kill trans people and they will try and i don't believe even if he bans assault weapons that it'll stop these people turning up with fucking assault weapons because they're the, that's the type of people that will be like you will take my fucking assault weapon over my fucking dead body and yeah, then they are they already armed. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's one thing to ban assault weapons when not many people have them, or, like, when there's a public will to get rid of them, like a time of national mourning or something like that after a shooting. <sighs> it might be too far now. Maybe there might be too many of them. But either way, it would be an idea to actually tackle that stuff, the rhetoric and stuff, rather than sort of being like, no, we have your back. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's maybe that would be suicidal as well. I don't know. I'm not a politician. Maybe it'd be suicidal come out and come out for batting for trans people because then you sort of give into the culture war and you're playing the side. Maybe it's smarter to just stick to economics or whatever. Not that he's doing much of a good job on that either. But like, I mean, nothing is better. Like nothing is materially better since Biden has taken office. Like inflation is worse than ever. COVID is still running rampant. The uh, any attempts at public health policy have just completely fallen apart. Like they just are not trying anymore. Um, Kids still in cages, uh, you know, trans rights getting worse, women's rights getting rolled back. Like, the Supreme Court is going to be stacked for a fucking generation now. Like, unless we abolish it. Like, unless we impeach these people for literally lying in order to get the position. Um, yeah, it, it's like, it's it's definitely a scary time. And, like, I was planning on getting out of the country. Um, I'm, like, now 
with my situation with my partner, like I'm probably going to just remain here in the Midwest and like keep an eye on things and hope that nothing crazy happens. Like in my area, mass shootings are not common. Like I can go to the grocery store and I'm usually not too worried about it. Right. So I live in a relatively safe place, all things considered. Um, and I, I just like, unfortunately it's like that, that like conflict between like my personal life and like not having the resources and like wanting to like, for me, it would be, I would feel safer if my partner of 13 years like came with me when I became a political refugee. Right. So I'm going to stay local because moving somewhere else by myself feels less safe uh, compared to like staying here where I have like a social support network, you know? So yeah, especially, especially at a time when you're like feeling like vulnerable and the situations are changing, like when you're not in a stable life situation, it's hard to just then pick up and move and start your life over. That's a lot of stuff to put on you at once. Right. Yeah, I think if he was like, we're going to get divorced now, I would just fucking move to Washington now because I do have some friends up there. Um, mm. But it's a, you know, it's a whole complicated situation where it's like, actually, I'm going to just stay local and still see family and everything. Um, that's a hard choice to have to make, though, when I'm like, I know that things are unsafe and I do feel like scared and the need to get out. And like, I still feel like I need to get a passport and be ready for all those things. Uh, and yet, like there's still that sense of like, well, maybe it won't be too bad. I I swear to God, if I, I've already been saying this before, like I'm not going to get caught out and dragged out of my home. Like I'm not going to be like yeah. the Jews who still lived in Germany um, who felt safe enough in their homes that they were then dragged out and then put on the trains. Like I swear to God, I'm going to be so pissed off after having said that for the last six months. If I, mm. if I choose to stay here and get fucking like FBI at the door or something like i don't know i would say at least get the passport ready like, for sure bare yeah bare minimum i mean like i think it's easy to like to get used to this sort of level of the temperature being risen when you're there but just like hearing that come out of your mouth being like oh well there's not that many mass shootings in my area that's fucking dark man that's it is fucking dark yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's like, got to this it's come to this i yeah and i like i was trying to i was talking to my partner about this uh like my fear of being here and like he pointed out like you have a sticker on your car that has a trans flag on it i'm like first of all it's barely discernible second of all it's fucked up that i can't put a trans flag sticker on my car without that that being like well obviously you're putting a target on your back like well why like why is that a target that is on me like the that's not a thing that's wrong with me like why can't i go to queer spaces anymore like that's not a problem with me i shouldn't have to live with those kind of restrictions where it's being, being openly trans on itself yeah hostile yeah yeah it's not good yeah so but that's a lot of people you know are going to be like i think there's going to be a lot of moderates who are going to be like well i don't know how i feel about the idea of kids transitioning like maybe we shouldn't let them do that so then it's going to become like even if you don't agree with the groomer pedophile rhetoric you might still be swayed by like oh maybe we should just watch and wait when we're dealing with these kids and like because people are ill-informed and don't know that that is conversion therapy um so yeah i i just I, i'm personally still keeping an eye on things still concerned um i think the economic situation in both of our countries is going to continue to get worse with inflation and supply lines like w here we're about to have a major if they haven't already started a major railway like the railroad workers are striking 
Um, oh, I saw that, yeah. It's going to make inflation even worse, you know? Uh, and we've had a lot of fires this past summer um, at, like, chicken agriculture places, you know? So, like, chicken is getting more expensive because a lot of them just straight up died. A lot of cattle died from the heat waves. Um, so it's going to be really... I, 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 I wanted to say it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. That's kind of a dramatic understatement of, like... <laughs> Well, the world's on fire. Let's see how, like, hold my beer. Let's see how much further this is going to go. It's that old curse, isn't it? May you live in interesting times. And it certainly... It's a curse, yes. I feel like when we were, were like, I don't know, maybe this is just a me thing growing up in the UK in, like, the late 90s, when I was like, oh, it's it's interesting. We're growing up, like, this period, like, nothing's really happening worldwide. Everything's quite stable. I wonder (laughs) what it'd be like to live through a period of history. Oh, God, no. Please, I take it back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I will say, like, I feel like something that I, I think of, I remin- I like ruminate on a little bit during this. And like, maybe this might be a good note to end on since we're at about that hour mark. Um, yeah. You know, Gandalf said it best. Okay. Like, oh, everyone who lives through interesting times, like wishes that they didn't have to. Like, so yeah. do we all wish that we didn't have to, you know, but all we can do is like do the best with the time that's been given to us, you know? The yeah. task, it's unfortunate that the task has fallen on us to have to, like, hold the line against fascism. Um, but that's what we're living through. And, you know, as much as we may wish it to be otherwise, like, this is this is our task now and we're just going to have to tackle it together. Oh, you tugged at my heartstrings there by getting in with the Lord of the Rings. Now Gandalf the Great. Now Gandalf it the always White makes me want to cry. Yeah, for sure. I know. I'm already welling up. Oh, no. <laughs> estrogen. No, go These watch estrogen go bitches. It's going to happen. Yeah, as we go. In my system. Uh, I'm going to go watch Rings of Power. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm so indifferent. <laughs> I don't want to watch know, it at I, all. I love it. I love it. I just want more. It's just give me more of the rings. No one come for me. No I'm one glad you're having me. a good time. I'm, I'm doing House food. of the Dragon. You have your Rings of Power. I have House of the Dragon. Well, listen, it's fine. Listen, I have House of the Dragon as well. House of the Dragon's fucking dope. I love it. They're just looking oh, okay. for different things. Well, maybe we don't I, have I, to fight I can't then. just cope with... No, just fantasy all the way, man. That's my... That's my... That's my... That's been my life. I mean, I'm back now. It's back. Like, fantasy's back on TV, and I couldn't be more happy. Um, that's fair. It's the only thing I need. I need my comfort blanket for the world going to shit, and that's just Lord of the Rings and a bit of Game of Thrones, I guess. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Ah, uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Let's the do world's, plugs. <laughs> the world's burning. So, um, if you have anything left over, if you're one of those fabled people that is in the tax bracket where you might have some money coming in um which you won't be but if you are um you can don't you can donate to my you can you can join my patreon which helps support this podcast and the hosting fees and all this stuff for it as well as i make youtube videos as well um that that costs less money i guess but still it's something that i do if you want if you enjoy it and you'll be supporting that um that's patreon.com slash Bridget Empire, that's B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E-E-M-P-I-R-E. And thank you to my patrons on there, uh, Scarjan, Joey Cobalt, and Naomi Wayne, for that. Um, and if you go on, if you join, I will read your name at the end of my podcast and at the end of every video. Um, just to thank you for supporting me in what is admittedly a very financially difficult time for me. And um, you're going to need to swing by the GoFundMe for Alexander as well. Um, why don't you tell them what the details for that? Yeah, um, so I guess for just normal content patreon.com slash luxander i also have a youtube channel um and i do streaming if you want to help support that uh in particular at the moment i am i am raising money 
for uh, application fees and deposit fees um, for uh, separating from my partner of over a decade. And uh, also, like, I don't have a bed or, like, any cookware. So those things will be also paid for by the GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Buy our lovely co-host a bed. Yeah, please. With the money. <laughs> and in the meantime, may you live in interesting times. Shit. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>